Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Well, disaster like eating a burrito before sex welcome to episode 70 that spiral book of saw episode tonight we have a special treat for our summer series we've got myself big daddy timmy k and as always sweet the sweet sounds of christopher rico suave koenig hello (laughs) (laughs) joining us this fine summer evening a man that needs no introduction but we'll get one anyway. Our special guest, the one, the only, drum roll please, the gingerbeard Christopher Barreras. You may What's have re- up, guys? Yes, you may have remembered him from past appearances on our other previous Saw franchise episodes. So you know you're going to be in for a delicious sweet treat. Okay, my two Chris's, let's get to it. First, Mr. Barreras, how the hell are you, sir? And what's new with you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, other than the fact that... You know, that I had to watch a horrible Saw movie. You, know, like you love every minute of it, don't you lie? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like, uh, prior to recording, I made the joke that this is, and the fourth time I'm on this show, <laughs> it's the ninth fucking Saw movie. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, That's fast, that, ma- fast math, Christopher. <laughs> oh, that this is Tim's revenge on me for all the old man jokes, you know, that I make in our text conversations. <laughs> Whatever uh, do you mean? That, man, <laughs> other than that, though, man, I'm good. Uh, uh, just, you know, gym, work, and in a little under four months, I get married, which is scary. <laughs> awesome. You know, it's also awesome. Good luck, sir. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Since the last time I recorded with you guys, I got engaged and planned a wedding in like two years. Yes. And and here's a a fun fact. You'll never be right again after she says I did. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm not right now. You're like, I've lived with that for three years at this point. I'm never right right. to begin with. You know that. Yeah. so, so, so you're used to it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I will say, I have to say this. Out of all of you, I'm like the only one here that is not married. So, I mean, I oh. I guess you could say I'm fortunate enough to uh, not uh, be... Uh, we need to find out. We need to fit in a bride for Christopher. <laughs> the other Christopher. <laughs> I mean, let's see. Chris is getting married. Uh, Tim's married. Uh, Dave's married. Mark is married. You know, so, I mean... <laughs> I'm the only one that doesn't have a bride, but that's that's okay. I'm I'm good with that. Every group of friends always has that one guy that's always the bachelor. <laughs> that's okay, Chris. I'm gonna find a nice find a nice big garage you can live in above my garage. Oh my god! <laughs> Make sure there's plenty you'll, of ventilation. You'll dude, be you'll you'll, you'll be our Joey. <laughs> 
Hey, Chris, when are you going to get married? Well, as soon as some woman will be able to put up with my antics. <laughs> Until then, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> no, but Chris, man, no, congratulations. Yes. Thanks, man. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm certain it would, without question, the best marriage ever. Yeah. I hope so. I hope uh, I'm certain it will be. Come on. Hey, you, know. Hey, you, know, you know what? Second time's a charm. I'm, you can speak for – I can speak for myself. I think I speak for Mark. I can definitely speak for Mark and Dave. So we're yeah. all on our second marriage. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, that's true. You know, the first one's just a starter anyway. <laughs> but, all right, Christopher Koenig, sir, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I am absolutely enjoying the summer. I, in fact, I'm, we're recording this episode on, like, uh, my week of vacation. So, yes. of course, I, in order to fully prepare for this episode, I um, – you know, I went to the pool. I got my tan. I, you know, I mean, it, it, this certainly helped. So me. you're looking and very course, Spanish, is what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, can you tell between the fact that we're just doing this audio only, okay? But uh, um, I, uh, and of course, I am ready to do this episode. So ready that I decided to watch the movie yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to pair. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. But even better, though, I mean, uh, Chris, you're going to be the one uh, giving us the um, uh, plot synopsis, correct? Or is that the... Yes, and that's the only reason I rewatched it. I wasn't going to. I was going to go purely off of memory from, I think, a year ago, you know, like when I saw it first. And then Tim hits me with the, oh, by hey, the way, so I talked to Chris and we want you to do the plot synopsis. And I was like, motherfucker. Well, I can't pull it like, but still. So... I was only, go on. It's only 90 minutes and I spent probably almost 45 on Twitter. Okay. So I pulled up the plot synopsis on Wikipedia because I got nothing. I got nothing. Hey, that's my job. Oh, like I texted you this morning, Tim. I'm fucking salty. I am yeah. salty. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, thanks for that. I, I'm getting so I'm at the pool. I'm at the indoor like water slide park with my kids. I'm getting texts from you, Caning. I'm getting from texts from you, Burrers. I'm like, Guys, you knew what you signed up for like a month ago. Well, no, we knew. We just—I just felt like just giving you my quick. Uh, take oh, oh yeah, on it yeah. Before, and then, and then it, it was funny. I was giggling. My wife's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Well, you know, watch your son go off the diving board. I was like, "I am." I got on video three times. It's fine. We're good. And I'm like, and then I'm going to play football in the, in the pool with my kid. Yeah, so it's all good. <laughs> but isn't it interesting how all three of us, when we were talking before the recording, that we all three of us procrastinated to watch this oh, for sure. movie like literally like the do, day before the recording. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I did? Do you know what the week leading up to the recording, do you know what I was watching or rewatching? I was watching rewatching reruns of Benson on uh, Roku TV and Two Broke Girls because I got done with The Boys, I got done with Obi-Wan, I got oh my, done with Stranger oh my Things. God, the Boys, the boys oh, is the greatest fucking oh, show of all time. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. And I just finished Stranger Things, the, 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 the first volume of the fourth season. So, Oh, nice, nice, nice. So yeah, uh, I'm all caught up, but yeah. I caught up with that one a couple days after release. Like, it took me about a week. Oh, for what? Uh, Stranger Things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so everything else I was watching, I was watching every week. Yes. But um, for Stranger Things, Ashley and I, that's – one of our shows, you know, you know, that we watched together. So same same here, us, same here, same here with Chris it, and I. Yeah, it took us about a week, you know, to finish it. And yeah, man, I can't wait till Friday. Uh, I the know volume drops. I, I'm like, I, oh, 
I, I so I okay so I, I Kana, you need to catch up. You need to watch the next the next the last three seasons first. Um, but you know, I watched. We just finished before we started recording, uh, and for today, I always like to timestamp this a little bit. Today, or a date stamp it at six um, uh, June June twenty two thousand twenty two. So we just finished the last episode, which was about an hour and forty five minutes long, right? God, and some I, of these episodes are fucking long. You know what? Here's the thing: is I love it. I I I, I wish Obi Wan the final Obi Wan. We were texting you and Mark and I, myself. We're texting back and forth. Excuse me, and like I want. Episode six to be like ninety minutes of nothing but pure freaking Jedi and Jedi and Sith like action. Like I, I yeah, want like like and the thing with Stranger Things is even though these episodes are long, it doesn't feel that no way. You know, like the no you know, like the show moves at a clip. Like I was no. like impressed, like because like, they had announced like all the runtimes and going yeah you know like oh the seventh episode is like an hour and 45 minutes and i'm like don't care why the fuck is it an hour and 45 minutes like okay and then i watch it and i was like oh shit it's already over like yeah. damn yeah cool. I, I know before before i looked at it and chris told me turns to me uh christina turns to me i'm sorry there's too many chris's so i i call her chris too <laughs> <laughs> so i turned to christina i'm like it's already over already she's like yeah i'm like she's like, it's already 7 45 i'm like Son of a bitch. Okay, I guess we're I guess we're done. All right, <laughs> that's that, that's fine, I guess. But now I gotta wait. And thankfully, I I saved it because I didn't know like July first or that was gonna be the new uh, the second chapter. Now, Burris, can you settle a bet for me? Yeah. Between me and my wife, she says season four is the last, but I believe there's gonna be a season nope. five. Correct. Okay, so so this season four is two volumes of the next two episodes. Are eight and nine? Oh, they come out on the first. Right. Number eight is like an hour and forty-five minutes. Okay. Episode nine is two is over two and a half hours. Really? Wow. And it, and it is approved for season five. They are in the writing process right now, and, and it is the end. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that's what I that, that's what I've heard, and that's what I've read. And she's like, "No, I read it somewhere." Like, babe, look. I'm more in tune with what's going on, but however, she said enough times that it had got had me second guessing myself. <laughs> so I'm like, no, the uh, uh, um, oh, the Duffer brothers. Yeah, uh, when they announced that season four, I was going to be split in half. Oh, yeah. they said that a oh, season five is is the end right. of Stranger Things, but but they are doing a spinoff as well. So it's you know not what? the end of the world, but for the current set of characters and cast and everything, oh, oh, season five is the end. Honestly, okay. So, Koenig, your job between now and our next recording, you need to watch Stranger Things 1, 2, 3, and 4. Wait, didn't I already see Stranger Things? It was called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, 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 you still got to catch up on other episodes. Uh, I, he he, he kind of ripped into Ghostbusters a little bit, and I like got tired of it. I'm like, a Dude, little bit. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll be honest. I'll throw myself. I didn't. It wasn't a little bit. You got a little hate mail for that too, little you little turd. <laughs> I, and you know what? I wear that hate mail of a badge of honor. I I can. But she was still very nice. Yeah, oh yeah, they were very nice. It wasn't one of those, you know, like I hope you die. <laughs> yeah, that type of. Letter. But I will be honest. If I got that one, I would hold that as a badge of honor too. But 
<laughs> but yeah, anyway, I can't be with you on that one. Kay. I fucking loved Afterlife so much. Yeah. I, I, I know no one will be with me on that. So, I mean, it, it, it's that's a it's hill like, you die alone on, sir. That's fine. You know what? The, the man with the most unpopular opinions sometimes will die alone, but he will. But he will still have a point to make. Uh, all right. So, so but anyways, should, uh, yes, we should get this it, show back. On, no, on track I, a little. <laughs> I, I know I should check out Stranger Things. I just yes. keep not. You know what? Here's the problem, though. the The concept of online streaming shows has gotten so big and vast. It's like you know, it, it's like hard to pick which one you want to watch. I mean, because I'm like, I'm like watching movies and and you know, do, and, and just working, and so it's like, how am I going to fit in like Stranger Things and you know, maybe. Better, you better call Saul, which I'm waiting for the next season of. And um, in the I'm meantime, like, me, huh? like if you're like me, I watch stuff on my lunch breaks on my phone, and that's how like uh, I stay. Like I know it's not ideal, but I got like the of uh, the 12 Max with like the huge screen, and I've just gotten used to it because when I get home, I'll watch stuff with Ashley. Oh, that we have. Oh, for us, but like all my kung fu movies, you know, and like, you know, like all of my stuff, I like to watch and not like if she's in the room, I feel bad because oh, she's bored. You know, like she's on her phone or something like that, you know, because it's something oh, that she's not into. And and so we try to share the TV if me and her are home. So yeah. like, oh, she, and she'll do the same thing. Like, oh, she works later. Oh, so she'll watch all of her stuff oh, while I'm at work. And then when I get home, it's like. Oh, you like should we watch this or whatever? Yeah, yeah, okay, you know, like stuff like that. So, no, no, hey, you know what? It becomes a dance. Uh, let me just tell you, speaking from an old married fart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tim, uh, I, I will wear I that will badge wear. <laughs> with an honor because you already. Even my wife says I'm fifty, and I'm only forty-four. I have to think I'm only forty-four, but. Yeah, no, we have our shows that we watch together, but obviously, like you, like uh, with your kung fu and your uh, martial arts, same thing with me with horror and with everything. I know what she's going to like, and we have our set shows that we watch together when the kids go to bed or when whatever it is. And like, and most of the, most of the time, we have to find stuff to watch because honestly, the kids are up now. It's summertime. I'm like, they're up till freaking 930. I'm like, dude, go to bed because I want to go to sleep soon and I want to watch what I want to watch without having the fear of like you guys, you know, walking in on something. Not that we're watching anything bad, but like, it's like Hacks on HBO Max or Barry or, um, uh, Gem or Righteous Gemstones. Have you seen any of those shows at all? On HBO Max? No, uh, no. The uh, the last thing I watched on HBO was I binged. Don't say Batman. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, the Staircase. Okay, my wife's seen that. I've not seen that yet. So it it, it was excellent, and um, with John Barenthal, um, and we own this city, based off the okay. uh, um, the movie, right? The firearm, the uh, oh, the task force in. Task force in Massachusetts in 2017 okay. that I was exposed as like hardcore criminals. Okay. Um, it was only like six episodes. It was excellent, but extremely depressing. So <laughs> only, because, it, oh, only because it's like, oh, it was real. And you're like, ur, ur. oh yeah, Ooh, that, that, that makes it so much worse. <laughs> yeah, if it was pretend, it's different. No, I'm still waiting for the warrior. I, I'm I'm waiting oh, patiently. Season three starts. Shooting Patiently. Like two weeks. I can't wait. Oh my god. Okay. So uh can I get a note Nate uh pen and uh paper? Write all these down. 
Warrior HBO Max was slash what was it Stars at one point where it came out on Stars or was it Showtime? No, it was on Cinemax. Cinemax. No, was on Cinemax for the first two, but now it's on HBO. Oh my god, dude, so good, man. <laughs> uh, it's got it's got action. It's got well action and blood and guts, and it's just it's fantastic. It's got a great story too. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like all right, we've so much about everything. Uh, so what's going on with Except me? Except the actual movie that we're here yeah. to yeah, so, I, hey, I, I think hey. this, I think this is all diversion to, hey, to hey. not talk about the actual hey, movie. Hey, hey, hey Koenig, thanks for asking about how I'm doing. I appreciate oh, that. How are, you, how are you doing, Tim? No, how are you doing, I'm fine. Sir? It's all about you guys. No, um, right, no. Okay, let's talk about the movie. Anyway, so. <laughs> No, seriously. Screw you, I edit this thing. Uh, uh, that's right. He could probably just cut out everything I say in here. And, uh, yeah, I would this, be like, this, this show's going to be 10 minutes long. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm, I'm actually really good, uh, guys. Uh, the uh, Just enjoying summer. Uh, you know, I work in the school district, so I'm off during the summer. Uh, it's a little bit of a, uh, a, bit of a, a time shift. I feel like I am now the roadie. For my <laughs> my rock star wife and my kids, so I'm like literally I'm the grunt. I'm like, okay, who needs to beware? Because now my oh, wife. Oh, you're the suitcase pimp. I, I, I'm like the... I, I'm the show. I'm the chauffeur. I am the freaking you know go to. I'm the Grubhub. I am like everything. Okay, like l- listen, uh, like f- for instance, my son's got a baseball game on Monday. Mondays and Wednesdays, usually. And we're awesome. We're going to be going to the, the, the tournament real soon. Um, we're like 7-2, and two, and we're going to uh, blast these other guys out of water, hopefully tomorrow. Anyway, <laughs> my daughter's got gymnastics. So I've got – and my wife's working, and she's got this retirement party she's got to go to on Monday. So Monday is gymnastics and baseball. So gymnastics for my daughter starts at 4. So I've got to drop her off and then pick her up at 6.15. My son's game starts at – He's got to be at the ball field at four uh, five forty five to warm up. Then I got to make sure he's all settled. Then I got to drive another across town back and forth. You think across town? Not a big thing. No, it's about a, at rush hour. It's about a fifteen twenty minute drive. So now I'm missing part of my son's game. I'm missing you know, and I'm missing my daughter's thing because I got to get my son ready. It's exhausting. Great. It's a great problem to have. But it's still an issue. You got, you know, lawn and laundry and work and preparing for this show, which I've been, like you guys have said, and like I've said, we've been putting off for, you know, until the last possible fucking moment. <laughs> but anyway. But I, feel, but I feel that's when we are at our best. Oh, yeah. When we wing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally writing, like, the our out my my what I was gonna say my outro like about fifteen minutes before we started recording <laughs> before we hopped on Skype so anyway all right uh listen uh, so thank you for asking how I'm doing and I'm doing well uh and I'm trying to get into my notes which is problematic because it, and my passcode is apparently wrong <laughs> here we go all right so okay before we head to the main course of this episode let's take a quick break and visit nate at his kids corner segment where we discuss alien from 1979 we will then roll the trailer for spiral and go right into mr barreras's exceptional synopsis of spiral book of saw so enjoy the segment and we'll be right back after this Hi, I'm Nate, and welcome to Kids Corner with my dad, Tim. Hey, that's me. Uh, Kids Corner will cover family-friendly films and TV shows. And maybe not-so-family-friendly movies. <laughs> so, listen in.
Still with us, Brett? Hey. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. Anybody ever tell you you look dead? <laughs> Intercepted the transmission of unknown origin. What kind of a transmission? SOS. Human. Ash, can you see this? I've never seen anything like it. This far, we must go on. We have to go on. It doesn't look like an SOS. It looks like a warning. We saved our life. Wait a minute, this movement. what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. The emergency destruct system is now active. The ship will detonate in T minus 10 seconds. Welcome back to Kids Corner. I'm Nate, and I'm joined by my father. Well, hello, son. <laughs> I called him son. So, Nathaniel, what are we talking about today on our kids on your Kids Corner segment? Alien from 1979. Yes. And uh, all right. So, you want to take it away? Um. Hey, Dad. Can you do this synopsis for this month, and I'll do it for next month? Okay, I can do that. All right. Alien from 1979. And this is this synopsis is brought to you by the fine people over at Wikipedia. So here we go. Alien is a 1979 sci Alien is a 1979 science fiction horror film directed by Ridley Scott and written by Dan O'Bannon based on the story by O'Bannon and Ronald Schutztitz. It follows the crew of a commercial space tug called the Nostromo who, after coming across a mysterious derelict spaceship on an undiscovered moon, find themselves up against an aggressively... I'm sorry. Find themselves up against an aggressive and deadly extraterrestrial set loose on the Nostromo. The film stars Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Henry Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, Ian Holm, and Yam Capoto. It is produced by Gordon Carroll, David Giller, and Walter Hill. Though their company, Brandywine Productions, through, oh, through their brand, sorry, it was produced by Gordon Carroll, David Giller, and Walter Hill. Through, it was produced by Gordon Carroll, David Giller, and Walter Hill, and Walter Hill through their company, Brandywine Productions, and was distributed by Twentieth Century Fox. Giller and Hill, um, Giller and Hill, Giller and Hill revised and made additions to the script. Schutz was an executive producer. The alien and its accompanying artifacts were designed by the Swiss artist H. R. Ginger, or Ginner, while concept artists Rob Cobb and Chris Foss designed more human settings. The more human settings. Okay, so Nathaniel. Yes. Let's get this out of the way. Why do you call me Nathaniel? 
I don't know, son. <laughs> so, Nate, it is June 24th, 2022. Yes. We are in the eighth season of THSP. Yes. And we are, We this is about our second year, I I'm think. Sure. Second year, maybe? It's either third or second or third. Yeah, it's been on and off. This uh, segment yeah. has been uh, a constant for the last few uh Last couple of seasons. So we've been on and off. We've been on more than off recently. So, Nate. Yeah. How old are you, bud? I am 10, going to be 11 in September. Okay. So you just finished fourth grade. Yep. And you're going to fifth. Yes. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being scary, 1 being not scary, what would you give this film? About a five and a half. Okay, well, that's fair. It's fair. It came out in 1979, and, uh, you know, people's um, tastes change. Yeah. I mean, well, I shouldn't say tastes change. I should say people get more accustomed to violence in yeah. films. There you yeah. go. That's a much better way to put yeah. it. Okay, so you give it about a five and a half out of ten being on the scary spectrum. Yeah. Would you recommend this film to a friend about about your age? I mean, I had a really good time watching it. I just, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I would recommend I, I don't I don't think they heard you. Can you say that again? I would recommend it. Okay, okay. Um. All right, so, so you would recommend it to a friend? Yes. It looks, sounds a little begrudgingly. Yeah. I guess it has to, it, it depends on the front, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, what were your top two or three favorite moments of the Alien movie? Okay. The first one is when um, the face hugger, like, used um, the guy as, like, I forget his name, as the nest, and put, like, the alien egg the, inside, the, yeah. In his chest, yeah, and then... Okay. And, and then um when they were eating um like the, oh they were oh, eating yeah. at the mess hall yeah. yeah um the alien popped out of his chest, chest. yeah yeah that that's still ranked up there as one of uh Probably. films one of the horror films favorite iconic moments and yeah. basically in film history one of the most iconic uh moments in film history yeah. one of them not the, the most yeah. but one of the most yeah and i yeah it's it it still holds up pretty well the there's not a ton of bloody uh, violence and gore. We save those for the sequels. Believe me, it gets much worse in a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> the, the special effects get better uh, for the most part. I can't wait to see Aliens. Okay. Based on what my dad told me. <laughs> okay. So, um, so okay. So that was one one of the scenes. What were the others? Um, couple of scenes. When the Nostromo was blown up, and they were in like this, like. Capsule or uh, a, a space uh, yeah. escape 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 pod or yeah. shuttle, yeah, yeah, escape pod or sh shuttle. Um, and when um Sigourney Weaver's character hold on, hold on. um was like get, oh. getting ready to um put herself into hypersleep. Okay. Um, she saw the alien hiding. Okay. So she got in like this astronaut suit. Um, and space suit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she buckled herself into a seat and gave the alien a blast of cold air, and so it would come out of hiding. And then it, then um, she grabbed a gra grapple gun before she did it. Spear gun. Yeah, yeah spear, spear gun. gun. Same thing. <laughs> no, okay, but go on. Yeah, spear gun. Basically okay. the same thing. Um, and um, she opened the airlock 
and the alien got sucked out, but it was holding on by the airlock doors, and she blasted it with a spear gun, and then um, the alien tried to climb up into the... Back into the ship? Yeah, uh-huh. in, like, the boosters of the ship. So then she turned on the jets, and it basically burned him to... Well, yeah, yeah, burned it, him to... Yeah, because we find out that they don't yeah. like fire. Yes. And yeah, it, she yeah she closed the airlock doors. He's still hanging on from the the grappling hook, and yeah, she blasts him with 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 the with the um, the, the rockets. Yeah. Well, no, with the rockets actually yeah. outside, and it was just enough to let go. And then he's floating through space, and she puts herself into the hypersleep with the cat. Right, but she, and in a voiceover, we hear her that she hopes to be picked up by yeah. the network uh, in about six weeks. Yeah. So we think all is well and good. But just wait for the sequel. Yeah. Okay, so... Well, it's already out. It's been out for, like, more than a <laughs> decade. A few decades. Yeah. Um, here, and isn't the second one you said, like, more of an action movie it, than a horror movie? It's an action horror movie. Yeah. Okay. So, I really loved this, all the scenes that you talked about, but I also put Tom Skerritt's uh, portrayal of Dallas as one of my favorite characters also, and him going through the, the, vents. the, 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 the vents and the duck work trying to... To flush out the alien into the area, with, airlock. Yes, with the uh, with the flamethrower was fantastic. And sorry, Dallas, you didn't make it to the sequel. <laughs> None of them did. No, no. So except Sigourney Weaver's character, right? And, and the kitty. Yeah. So there is a meme that was floating around there just recently, and I want to find it. And I, I shared it with Nate, and we laughed while we were watching the movie. Let me see if I can find it. Hold your hold up. Bum, bum, bum. I forget the cat's name. Oh, and the first character to um die was um the guy who likes smoking the like, cigars. I forget his oh, name. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was one of the uh one of the maintenance workers. Yeah, uh, uh, one of the guys that helped repair the ship's engines and stuff like that. Yeah, he he poor, was looking. He was looking for the kitty, and then yeah, he died. <laughs> he didn't die. He got killed. Straight up murdered by the the by the uh, uh, alien. Before he died, he saw like um it he sh- um the alien shedded its um skin. Right, because yeah, like a snake, it, yeah. once it sheds its skin, it grows. Also, like a spider. Okay. Um. So anyway, I found the quote. Uh, this is uh, it was a tweet from Adam Shafto so I don't know when this tweet was sent out because I don't have a, a, a time or date stamp on it, but I found it uh, last Tuesday. It said, so I've been writing reviews for about 10 years. My wife's review of alien puts everything I've ever written to shame and quotes. He writes, alien is a movie where nobody listens to the smart woman and they all die except for the smart woman and her cat four stars. That's what he's, that's a quote from him, from his wife that he, uh, Put on his tweet because Ripley was a smart one. And yes, nobody listened to her. Well, nobody listened to her. She was over. Um, she was overridden by uh, the scientific office, the science officer, which turns out to be an um, AI who goes crazy yeah. and tries to kill Ripley, and they end up like cutting him in half at some point. And yeah, Dallas listens to the scientific officer. He doesn't really want to get in the middle of it. He's just he does whatever the officer does. They, he believes they all have jobs. Blah blah blah. And she wanted him to be quarantined, yeah. but uh, the the original uh, victim who got but who got the face hugger at the beginning of the film. Yeah. But they said no. We got to bring him back. Everything will be fine. And 
it wasn't fine. Yeah. Not fine by a long shot. Yeah, because if um they never went to the planet, the entire movie wouldn't have happened. Yeah, or if they listened to Ripley, yeah. we wouldn't have an alien movie. <laughs> yeah, we would just have people be like, oh, everybody listen to Ripley, and it'll all be fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Nate, uh, final verdict, thumbs up or thumbs down? Um, thumbs up. All right, perfect. I get a thumbs up for me as well. It's a classic film. It's rated R. So for your really young ones, I wouldn't suggest it just because of the, some of the themes may be a little bit too adult. And violent. And violent. But there's really nothing too awful. But uh, use caution. Yeah. Always use caution. Yeah. Um, Even Beetlejuice would probably be a better pick. Yeah, I can see Beetlejuice being a pretty good pick. And I th didn't we review Beetlejuice at one point? We did like a year ago. Okay, okay. So I think yeah. that does it for this month's edition yeah. of Kids Corner. Nate, uh, what do you th what do you want to do next month for uh, your next segment? The Disney produced Luca. <laughs> I am not amused. <laughs> okay. We fine. don't talk about Bruno. That's Encanto. Okay. <laughs> We're doing. We don't talk about Tim apparently. <laughs> All right. We're doing Tremors. Ah, a classic. Another classic. Yes. So and isn't Tremors rated R? Oh, it's rated. I think PG thirteen. So we're going back into the more kid friendly avenues. And I know you said you want to do Aliens later on in the yeah. season. So stay tuned for that too. So, uh, for Nate Casa, I'm Tim. Thank you for listening, listening to, to Kids Corner with Nate and Tim. Yes, and goodbye. And good night. <laughs> <laughs>
Jigsaw copycat. This is gonna go sideways fast. I'm a mess, man, like a spiral. All available units, officer down. That was just a diversion to get us out of the precinct. Spiral, 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 spiral. I need everyone on this case. He could be anywhere. He could be anyone. We're gonna tear this city apart. I'm a man standing like a spiral. Hello, Detective Banks. When was the last time? You saw your father. Okay, Mr. Burris, take it away, buddy. The floor okay, is yours. So, oh, full transparency, it's a 90-minute movie. I was on Twitter for over 45 minutes of the runtime. Wow, so, that's great dedication, sir. So <laughs> I was on my elliptical. <laughs> So, I will be pulling off the Wikipedia if needed. I'm going to attempt. That's cheating. That's my job. <laughs> I'm to pull this off. So, the movie starts, and it's a festival on 4th of July, and oh, this guy is, like, hit from behind. He starts to chase the guy. It turns out he's a cop, and he leads him, like, into the tunnels. He gets knocked out. He wakes up. He's in a jigsaw trap. Or what you assume is a jigsaw trap. Mm -hmm. And a video plays and it says that he's used his tongue out to lie, you know, like on the stand. So the only way to save himself is to is to oh use use this oh trap that's on his face and pull out his tongue. And he has to do it before the and the subway train smashes into him. Okay. So he starts to pull himself off and you see his tongue. It's very graphic. It's, you know, it's the usual amount of saw violence and, he, <laughs> and he's pulling, he's pulling and the, you know, the fucking subway hits some splatters him, and all that's left hanging is his tongue. It mm. cuts to titles and then the movie opens and it's Chris rock. <laughs> Doing stand up. Yes. <laughs> oh, that Chris rock. Yes. And, He's talking to, or he's he's in this room with these other guys, and he's he's doing a stand-up bit, basically talking about how everything is woke. <laughs> and but him, and these other guys are like, or you could tell that they're into something shady, and they're arming themselves for a robbery attempt. Well, sure as shit, oh, they rob these guys, do they head down into the basement? You know, they get in their car, do they pull up? Up goes the gate. You know, it's all the cops. Uh, one of the cops, he recognizes Chris Rock. Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> is a cop. He's been a cop this whole time. He was undercover. But he's a cop who doesn't play by his own rules. Because <laughs> he was undercover. And and he did not have all, all of the authorization. It was off the books. He's a rebel cop. <laughs> okay. And... And so he, like, he's to his captain, right? And his captain's telling him, oh, you aren't the only cop in this precinct. You know, there's all these other cops out there. 
And this is where we get the first instance of that Chris Rock is miscast in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Prior to recording, me and Chris had like a little rant about how he's trying to sound tough. I can't trust any of these cops out there, but he just comes off as really whiny. Like a little bitch. Yeah, a little bitch. So obviously it's setting up uh, that Chris Rock's character can't trust anyone in it. Anyone, because all these years ago, he turned in a shitty cop, a dirty cop. And it got bad, and it turns out he got shot. So he can't trust any of these cops. At this point, I'm thinking, why wouldn't he have been transferred to another precinct in the city? (laughs) (laughs) If this one precinct is that bad in terms of having his back, why wouldn't he transfer? Mm -hmm. But... This is a Saw movie, so <laughs> actual clear logic is going to go out the window. No. <laughs> and I'll bring up a couple instances where I was like, that I didn't catch the first time I saw the movie. I was like, wow, that's that was dumb. But anyways, <laughs> so the captain tells him, no, you know what? You have a new partner. He's a rookie. He's out of the academy. He's fresh face. He's this young guy. He's your new partner. He's Danny Glover. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so they bring in this guy and his name is William. And William and Chris Rock automatically, I don't like, oh, this William guy's like, hey man, you're like, it's an honor to meet you. Oh, your dad is the reason I'm a cop because, oh, because oh, Chris Rock's dad is this he's a former chief of police who just, he cleaned up the streets and spoilers. His dad is Sam Jackson, which, which again, normally I love Sam Jackson. He was on autopilot for this. Movie. Yeah. He was coasting in this one pretty he much. Was, clearly, was like, clearly a paycheck to buy a house. <laughs> 100%. He was here strictly to get paid. Yeah, even though I'm sure he has enough money where he doesn't need to buy a house, he can. I'm sure he has enough money where he can buy ten houses. And well, uh, and well, he obviously he did this as a favor to Chris Rock. Yeah, because there's well, no reason other you get Sam Jackson. Yeah, here's the thing, Sam for a, for a saucy. And here's the thing though too, Sam Jackson is like barely in the movie. Well, he here's really the thing. is barely in the movie. Is that the start and then he vanishes until the end? Yeah. Right. <laughs> he, and he has like a flashback in the middle. He was on set maybe three days. Yeah. Right. And here's the thing. Maybe other, three, four days. Other than Snakes on a Plane, has he ever been? I think this was his actual first really horror movie other than Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> so check uh, that off the list. Uh, Snakes on a Plane for him was kind of like, um, I guess you can say like, I, I think he was just in on the joke of that one. Whereas this is supposed to be a quote unquote serious horror movie. Uh, again, I'm using quotes to describe that. But... Not Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, continue, Chris. So, uh, Chris Rock and his new partner are assigned a homicide in the subway. And they get in their car, and they drive to the case, and automatically, it's cop cliche 101 film school. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> or the young partner, he's got a wife, he's got a kid, oh, they're in love, and Chris Rock's like, it ain't gonna last because oh, we're cops, and I'm divorced, and I want everyone to be miserable. Like, it's literally checking off every box that you've seen since like, he's, the 80s he, for cops. He's, he's a grizzled veteran. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. 
And his acting hasn't gotten better since the first scene. It's oh my God. starting to get worse. <laughs> but it hasn't gotten to the Joey Tribbiani levels just yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting there, though. It's getting there. It is getting there. And so they arrive at the crime scene. And they start to do, you know, their thing or whatever. And Chris, oh, this isn't a homeless guy. He's got a Fitbit. Like, if we and can a, track. And a wedding ring, too, he said. Yeah. So he's like, <laughs> it's not a homeless person. Otherwise, on the tracks or something. You're like, oh, this was a hot. And it's to head back to the precinct. And the cap and uh, Chris Rock receives a package. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> and he opens it up, and it is a badge. Yes, sure, or just a flash drive. I think. I th- no, I think it was no. It was a flash drive. This was time flash was a flash drive. drive. This one was a flash drive. Yeah, and it's then, a flash then drive. They, oh, that leads them to the courthouse, oh, oh, where they find another package, <laughs> and it turns out to be a tongue and a badge. There you go. Yeah, and so. They and they run the number of the badge, and it turns out that it is indeed a cop. And this cop just happens to be the only friend that Chris Rock trusted in the force. So now, now personal. Now here's the thing: at the crime scene, they also found his jaw and teeth. They could run a, a dental thing too. Just yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Tim. Screenwriter uh, logic. Don't 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 pay attention. I'm just to saying, that. you know, I've watched enough NCIS to know or dental you know, records. <laughs> precision. I mean, Tim, Tim, we don't have time for dental records. Uh, we got to yeah. get the cop cliche a 107 through 110. Continue on, continue on, Professor. Wait, 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 wait. Isn't it funny though that Halloween two from 1981. <laughs> Managed to have the police do a dental record check on a dead body, that and they had four cops on the force. <laughs> but yeah. this movie, for some reason, can't take- we have time. <laughs> we don't have time for dental records. <laughs> we need to do another cop cliche, which is of uh, he was the only cop I trusted. Of course, he's dead, and so now this is personal. personal. This time, it's personal. Done. 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 <laughs> Chris Rock is Zeke Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Title card. I thought he was Lieutenant so Butters. proceeds to get all the cops together and say, hey, like, it is this cop's case now. And Chris Rock goes, no, 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 no. It's mine. It was assigned to me. Oh, this is protocol, right? Oh, you want me to go all by the book and not off on my own. So it's my case. <laughs> Fine. It's your case. Like, she... There is no point to this captain. She falls every two fucking seconds due to Chris Rock. Yeah, she is quite the useless individual in this movie. But here's the thing. She comes off as a hard ass. She kicks out guys that's clearly taking a leak in the the men's urinal. And, you know, so I'm like, yeah, but she falls immediately to to him. Immediately. (laughs) But continuing on. So so then they get, so so they're partnered up with, with, Another shitty cop who obviously has a history with Chris Rock, right, and his partner, and they go on a lead, and, like, they are informed to tell Chris Rock and his new partner everything, and, of course, they don't because, oh, they're also cop cliches, and they don't want (laughs) And they're going to play by the rules, and they're going to tell Chris Rock anything because this is their lead. It's their case now. So go off on their own. (laughs) And the guy's knocked out, and he walks up. Right, and he wakes up in another jigsaw trap. 
and basically oh, this cop <laughs> shot armed suspect on a traffic stop. And like they show like oh, the camera footage you know, like from the police cruiser. By the way, that is without question the most clean looking camera footage shot I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> oh, that mean, was uh, shot on an iPhone 12 uh, that was zoomed in. Like that was, that was I, impressive. Dude, I, it was impressive because, you know, most body cam or cam footage in a car oh, looks like it's almost. It's like grainy. It, Oh, it's grainy. It's like 720p or whatever the hell you want to call I it. Just, Low, no, no, no high def. And, and by the way, perfect wide shot where you can see the entire car, the entire size, you see the everything. Oh, and the staging of it is just brilliantly awful because I, when the because when the cop walks away and turns around and then the guy gives him the finger right there, suddenly it's just he just pulls the gun out and just fires like with. No, no, no dramatic purposes whatsoever. Just completely. I, I feel oh. like, I feel like Will Sasso, that movie, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Are we on cops? <laughs> <laughs> Continuing. Go on, go, go on. <laughs> and so, so this cop wakes up, right? And his name is Fitch. And Fitch wakes up and he's in a trap where he has this thing in his jaw and his hands are stretched out. And a saw video plays and it says that. Oh, he used his hands oh, to kill an unarmed suspect. So the only way to escape this is to clench down on this device in his mouth and it'll pull off his fingers so that he can't hurt anybody ever again. Mm -hmm. Of course, he doesn't make it because this is a Saw movie and we need to see some corpses. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets a couple of his fingers off, but he is electrocuted and dies. So, of course, oh, crack. And his partner, who calls him while he's off, because we need some more cop cliches. <laughs> uh, I think it's called exposition. <laughs> <laughs> he calls Chris Rock from home to say, oh, sorry, oh, my wife's out on a girl's night. And Chris Rock, of course, being the grizzled cop that he is, and divorcee goes, are, goes are, are you sure that she's not out looking for some dick? <laughs> Sounds like a Kevin Smith movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, wrote this. Wow. And, <laughs> and then his son starts crying in the other room. And he's like, he goes, oh, sorry about that. You know, like we're working on like a sleep schedule or something like that. And he goes, all right, man, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow, oh, they arrive at the crime scene of Fitch's body. And that's where you start to see tension among the other cops where they think, oh, that Chris Rock, he might be in on it. He's not he, in on it. He doesn't like the precinct. <laughs> but, you know, this one cop, you know, like basically accused him. He's like, hey, I know that she used to hate each other. And he goes, oh, oh, what are you implying? And he goes, oh, I'm you know what I'm <laughs> And then we get cop, cop cliche number 74 already. And he goes, fuck you, man. And they have like a little scuffle. You've seen it a thousand times. Fuck you, man. I know what I'm doing. You're too close to this case, man. It's, a, it's as old as time. We've so I actually think that I left out a scene <laughs> where a Chris Rock, he comes home and Sam Jackson's in his apartment. Right? Oh, yeah. have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's not a cop cliche, but it's a father son cop cliche. <laughs> whammy. Oh, my God. By the way, talk that's about, a whammy. Like, most, no whammies. About, like, Talk about like the most useless scene ever. You have Sam Jackson, who has like more acting uh, experience than Chris Rock does. And when I mean that, I mean like Jackson has more acting experience in his little finger compared to Chris Rock. 
yet they don't get to play much off of one another. Basically, All they do is talk about how oh, Sam Jackson was a shitty father and Chris yeah. Rock has lived here for a year and they do they haven't even had a conversation. You know, Sam Jackson goes, fine, okay, motherfucker, because of course you ask the same motherfucker, you know, because it's an R-rated Sam Jackson movie. Yeah, <laughs> even though he goes, he's not top-lining it. <laughs> he goes, I'll order some food tonight, we'll hang out, we'll talk. Yeah, go, go over and, the case. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, and go Sam over the Jackson, case. Yeah, he gets a text message, so he goes off on his own to follow Lee, even though he's not a cop anymore. But again, <laughs> he's like Chris Rock, so he doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> he's a oh, renegade cop. <laughs> but, but my fa- one of my favorite lines in the movie is from Sam Jackson. He goes, he's like, you want you want renters, um, what do you say? You want renters uh, rights? Start paying rent, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. As we find out, his dad is like apparently running because when when Chris Rock entered his room, entered his apartment, it was this huge loft, and I'm yeah. like sitting there going, "Okay, now there's no way his character can afford to live in a loft. What the hell kind of directorial decision is this?" And then all of a sudden, Sam Jackson's there, and then it's revealed that Sam Jackson is or plays a retired police chief who is now working as a renter. A landlord. And <laughs> landlord, and he and he has allowed his son to live in this loft rent free. And oh, because he's going through divorce. Yeah, he's going through a divorce. Blah blah blah. We could care less. Uh, anyways, that that explains that. <laughs> and so, <sighs> where was I? Uh, Sorry. Oh, <laughs> plot hole right here. <laughs> they go back to the precinct and there's another package what does chris rock do he opens it without putting on rubber gloves previous <laughs> three boxes he put on rubber gloves oh this one fuck it evidence tampering be damn i'm a cop who doesn't play by the rules wasn't it he thought it was a bomb and he he, he has him clear out the whole building and they have no time. Oh, that's later. Oh, that's later. Oh, that's later. Oh, that's, later. Oh, that's, later. Th- that's another box. Hold on. Okay, another box. And <laughs> so, so he opens this box, and it is, it's a saw doll that it has a jar of paint in it from this hobby store that Chris Rock and his dad used to frequent. Oh, they used to visit his, oh, when Chris Rock was a kid. So he knows where to go, but it's not a paint hobby shop anymore. It is a, it is a diner or something. It's a, a deli. It's, I thought it was a deli, it, it, right? It, it, it's yeah. a store or something. Yeah, or other. it's a deli. It's a deli. It's a deli. Whatever. Oh, wait, Whatever. I'm sorry. Prior to this, they did go see a guy at a church, and it turns out it was a Chris Rock's ex partner who he turned in for shooting an unarmed suspect, and so this guy. Uh, he did like eight or nine years hard time. You know, I got to say real quick. Now, it is true that, yes, there are corrupt cops out there that, you know, have done these types of things. But the way how it's presented in this movie, it's almost it's every like, cop is bad. Oh, not just that. But the way how they kill is just like extremely casual. Like like when he like the, the one cop we're talking about, um, the, the partner. Yeah. When they, when they show him shoot the guy, it's like. It's like just right in front of his face. It's like the guy says, I'm not going to testify. And of course, pulls the gun out and shoots him. And it's like, yeah, it's like, wow. (laughs) And and not only that, but you would think that the cop would be smart enough to like have an extra gun to throw next to him when Chris Rock's, when we see Chris Rock in the flashback as a young, you know, young buck cop on the force. 
you know, because his partner tells him, oh, he pulled a gun on me. <laughs> it's like, like OK, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like really so good. Oh, <laughs> and then we fast forward into the butcher shop where there's another saw victim. Oh, uh, yes. And this one's skinned alive. Yummy. <laughs> and this is where a Chris Rock dwells into the Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> I smell the fart acting. Jesus. <laughs> he he's trying to emote that he realizes oh that this victim is his young partner. Now yes. it's even more personal. Because why, Christopher? Because of the tattoo. Of the name of his son. <laughs> yeah, the name of his son. Okay. I don't see how he could see that tattoo when oh they cut to the flashback and it's on the opposite arm. <laughs> <laughs> I caught that. I caught that this time, and I was like, oh, you know, I was like and, and by the way, um, once again, this is supposed to be the the rookie that that uh, is working for Chris Rock's character that they find dead. So they automatically assume that it's the young rookie that's killed. Once again, dental records be damned. Yep. So. Or fingerprints? <laughs> no, fi- no fingerprints is fine. No, no fingerprints. No, no it's fine happen. because they have the tattoo. Yeah. Chris Rock couldn't see because it was on the inside of his forearm or in his left arm and he this only saw like that out worst, this is the worst please force but, but, ever I, I would but, but, hold on. oh wait oh wait just wait until <laughs> until i bring up the most glaring fucking police move in this entire you, you movie know, you know, between the, the the lack of any proper investigation and the you know just casual um uh, con- you know, a casual uh, criminality between the cops. Do you remember the Simpsons episode? It's the old episode where they did a, a parody of cops. It was called Cops in Springfield. Oh, yeah. Do, uh, do you remember the song that played for that? Because when I was watching it's this, bad cops, it just kept... Bad, bad cops. cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but one of the lyrics was Springfield's force is on the take, but what do you expect with the money they make? And then it said something like... like uh, whether they're on a uh, uh, in a car or on a horse, they don't mind using excessive force. This pretty much <laughs> this movie just like made me think of that mm-hmm. entire song. <laughs> <laughs> and so, as they're at the butcher shop, there's an uh, there's another audio tape from of uh, this new version of Jigsaw. Who earlier in the movie, uh, you actually see a photograph of John Kramer. Yes. And yeah. like, oh, they bring up like, is this another acolyte, a copycat? And they're like, we don't know because well, clearly this because killer in this a nondescript city. We don't investigate. We just kill suspects. <laughs> you know what? And, and by the way, uh, the killer of this movie apparently has decided not to go with times because they still use the standard definition television sets with VHS and uh, tape recorders. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a USB drive here and there. But, you know, so <laughs> so this tape says that as you are chasing me, all the bodies are going to mount. Mm-hmm. So they head back to the precinct yet again. Another precinct, because it's like the only that they actually have. <laughs> God. And oh, they get a phone call that a cop was shot. So Chris Rock takes off. You know, like. And he meets up with this cop. And this cop's like, no, like it was a guy in a pig mask. He attacked me, but he ran off. And that's when Chris Rock goes, wait a minute. The captain's in trouble. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he remembers ever so briefly saying oh, to the captain that she's the head of the police. And in this video, it mentioned like, and you'll lose your head. And he's like, dun, dun. once again, cop cliche, <laughs> two lines that don't connect. Somehow he's able to connect them. Oh my God. This is and one so of those movies. This is one of those <laughs> movies that, that, that writes itself, but it writes itself so badly. <laughs> you just can't. So <laughs> while this is happening, uh, the captain <laughs> receives a text message from Chris Rock, but we know it's not Chris Rock. And it says to look at this file in cold storage. So she goes into the cold storage, which evidently has a bank safe door. Yeah. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I was like, I've never this? seen that in a cop movie before ever. Until now. <laughs> I was thinking that how, how the station is designed with like the big lobbies or that maybe it was a bank building oh, that they seized and took over and made into this precinct. Well, then they obviously did not follow any of the um, proper um, building code of no. conduct to actually restructure the building or rewire it or change anything. So, so yeah, oh, rock <laughs> is racing to the precinct. He's calling the captain and there's a, sh and here's the biggest, what the fuck moment of the movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh -huh. I, I think I know where you're going with this, sir, but continue. He's on time constraints to get to the captain. They show him drive past the front door of the precinct. To go into the oh freaking parking garage. Into the parking garage. <laughs> Why? Why? Why did he just crash the car over to this? Like, yell at the... Literally, they showed there was an empty parking uh, space uh, out front. Jesus Christ. It's like, oh my God. I didn't catch that the first time I watched it. I caught it today and I was like, oh, I'm fucking saving. <laughs> I am chambering this round. I'm keeping this one ready to go. Oh, for a cop that has no time to save his captain, he's going to drive around the building, up a couple ramps in the parking structure. Take the elevator or take the stairs parked. down. <laughs> it's like, good Lord. And so the captain is, of course, kidnapped and she wakes up and is basically told something along the lines of she turned a blind eye. So the only way out of this trap is to uh, sever her spinal cord on the blitz in her neck or hot wax is going to be poured on her face. By the way, I want to point something out. Whenever the uh, the killer's voice comes up, it's it's obviously a voice modulation. But anybody expecting it to have the deep, you know, Tobin Bell saw wrong. voice, yeah, wrong. Uh, you know, wrong. Uh, it it actually sounds like the voice of someone doing announcements for the local subway system. So I <laughs> yeah. mean, completely. I don't know why they decided to go that direction, but it just was just. Yeah, lame. It's not like a drive-through order person, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, how would you like your fries before and we then? get hot wax on your face? And then, and then, and then, and then, then rock. <laughs> he comes up to her body, and he's very sad. And again, a Chris Rock is trying to emote, and somehow is acting in the span of an hour has gotten even worse than it was at the start of the movie. <laughs> His acting totally devolves. I mean, well, you know, it's, you it's know, like, it's here's, going to... here's the thing. As I mentioned this to, to, to Kenny in a text real quick, the, 
his acting at the beginning was so over, in my opinion, was over the top. Like he, he was so emoting like this high school esque kind of like yelling to the back of the theater. So like the people in the cheap seats of the high school play could hear him. And then all of a sudden but he at, goes into nothingness, you know? But, but yeah, but at the same time, it's like his energy level is just like decreasing. It's, yeah. it's like there's no, in, granted, perhaps that was. He's what he tired. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a tired. He's. He's been on the force for so long, he's tired and shit, but at the same time, it's like, you know, believe it or not, the dialogue for Chris Rock isn't bad. It's just, when he recites it, it yeah. just it's sounds bad. awful. No. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 and, and there's no energy, there's no commitment. It's almost like, well, um, because Chris Rock did those two grown-ups movies with Adam Sandler, he probably thought he could just well, coast it, his way through this one it, it, and it, make it look like, you know, it was effortless. But, you know, you got to have that special attitude to do that. And Chris Rock doesn't have that. Well, well here's He's the thing. Like, After the opening sequence where Chris Rock makes his monologue about the Forrest Gump movie and all that stuff, which was pretty funny, it just goes downhill after that. After the first five well, minutes... But here's the thing, though. It was funny, but it, it felt like it was so out of place. Like, we're right. watching a comedian wanting to be a serious actor and right. it's like well it's great you want to be funny but you got to also put in the you know the seriousness and the right. hey man take me seriously i'm not just a comedian you know what though you know what this movie it would have been so much better if this movie was really about chris rock playing a down and out comedian who completely has failed because the entire comedy scene has become so pc and he decides to throw other people under the bus, and then that's when Jigsaw goes after him. I don't know. I just I kind of thought that would have been a so much better movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know? Sorry for hijacking that, Christopher. No, Please no, continue. no, no, no. Continue on. So, so they look at the security footage and realize that there has been a oh, twelve minutes of footage that was cut out. <laughs> convenient yeah <laughs> so of course you know like they're able to pull up the log and it's chris rock's chris rock's ex-partner he was the one that accessed the footage you know, how is this possible he's not a cop anymore but you know i i find it, I find it hard to believe they can access they can tell who logged in the system when but they can't tell you who tampered with what that's bullshit i'm like i'm like i'm sure yeah, there's enough it people in the world they can find out who fucking fucked with the the, the computer but, and once again, uh, where's the security in 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 these movies? It's almost like remember that one Saw movie where like they they set the you know where in which uh, Costas Melandor was the cop who was also one of the Saw proteges, and yeah. he managed to get the drop on everybody in the um, in the surveillance room. And well, it's like where well, that was number seven. That was, and, he, and he gets away, and it's like. Where where's where's the rest of the police? Are they like do they go home for the day? Where's the security? Where's the where what what's going on here? You know it just I don't know. I mean obviously for a police station for, for a police station it's very lax in security. <laughs> especially when it yeah, comes to, I mean, especially when it comes I mean, to delivery people with their boxes. Yeah, so let's rack up the absurdities here. Um every cop in this movie has like a secret past or has some corruption issues. A, a complete over-the-top usage of excessive force um, and no security. Uh, what town is this? Is this Chicago or something? Where it's a nondescript thing? town in USA. Yeah. It's Springfield, Illinois. Here's Springfield. By the way, like in every other Saw movie, where does the final finale take place, Chris? Before we get to that, I just want you to say where the finale takes place. because we in a, in a nondescript uh -huh. warehouse. Yes. Yes. Yes, as usual, which 
has a bunch of shit in it, but apparently no security guards, no nothing, just another nondescript it's, warehouse. It's, it's so bad. Okay. <laughs> back on track. Yeah, back on track, please. Thanks, so Rocco's. You know what? I know where my ex-partner was. He lives at the church. So he goes to the church, and what happens? He gets knocked out. He wakes up, tied to a pole. And he looks down, and there's a little handsaw. Oh, homage to the first movie. <laughs> you caught that because you're a smart guy. And then he goes, am I going to cut my hand off? No. I see a paper clip. No, it's a bobby pin. A bobby pin. A bobby pin. A bobby pin. <laughs> I'm going to drag that over, and I'm going to undo my handcuffs. And so then he looks up, and his ex-partner's hanging from, like, a rope thing. And basically... Oh, the saw thing, you know, explains that, oh, this cop, he went to jail, but he's still guilty. Like, oh, you can let him die or you could try to save him. And this trap, basically, it shreds glass and flings it, the giant fan, into his ex-partner. Okay. What business business does this? That was kind of a – that was actually, I think, maybe one of the more highlight death sequences in this whole movie. I will give this movie credit. All the traps are, I mean, there's only three traps in this or four traps in this movie, which is kind of weird for it being a saw movie, but they're all pretty inventive. Right. Like, Oh, the first one with the tongue thing. And then the second one with the, the knuckles and the electrocution. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the fingers. And then this one with the shredded glass. And then we're going to see the next one in a minute. And so, Oh, Chris rock. He opens up this door, and who's standing there? Plot twist! It's his partner, <laughs> his his young partner, who he thought was dead. <laughs> and he goes, "What's going on, man?" And he goes, "I faked my death." As if we needed that fucking explained to us. But you know, Chris Rock shows no emotion. Like, oh my god, you're alive! Oh my god, like, yeah. what happened? You know, like, I thought you were dead. You know, I saw okay. your tattoos. It would have even have been funnier had uh, the the young rookie said to him, "Yes, and I would have." I, I, you know, how I easily got away with it. You never checked the dental records, like you always don't. I would have gotten away <laughs> with it, you darn kids, Scooby Doo <laughs> kind of thing. So he tells him that of oh, the skinhead at the start of the movie who. Ran Ran into that cop. That is the guy who he skinned and he tattooed. <laughs> and he goes, why are you doing this? And he goes, because all those years ago, your ex-partner is the one who shot my dad. Yeah. So it turns out that oh, oh, Chris Rock's ex-partner, when he shot that unarmed witness, mm-hmm. there was another witness in the apartment, and it was William. As a little boy in a high As a closet. little boy, and Chris Rock knew he was there and goes, shh. Because he, <laughs> because, he because he knew that his partner would kill the kid, I guess. Or he was that, telling him, hey, shh, don't say anything. I'll, I'll take care of it. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he basically goes, look, this whole sim is corrupt. I was able to get through the academy, place myself in this thing so I could set my plan in motion. And he goes, oh, but what about your wife and kid? And he goes, I don't have a wife and kid. <laughs> That's right. We kind of figured that at that point. Flashback too, right? to when yeah. he's talking him on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to that scene where it's literally audio on his laptop of a baby crying. And I was like, wow, they really didn't try. 
<laughs> like he literally pulls up, do like a sound clip off of fucking YouTube and plays it of a baby crying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Fine. Makes sense that there's no wife and there's no kid because he's been mm-hmm. planning this the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. Since he was twelve. He Chris Rock. He goes, look, we could team up. We could. T- every cop is dirty because this is cop cliche number eighty-seven. <laughs> Every cop is dirty. So if we team up, we can get them all. We could take this whole system down. Oh. But I just have one thing that I have to ask of you. And he goes, What's that? And he leads him into the next room. Sam Jackson is in a jigsaw trap. And he goes, Let my father go. And he goes, Wait, wait until you hear what I have to say. And he tells him basically that when Sam Jackson was chief of police, he instituted this program and it turned cops into criminals because this is cop cliche number 88. You thought we were done. No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) He said that he basically to keep the streets safe, he gave cops free reign to do whatever they want so that they didn't have to play by anyone's rules. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Yeah. It was called article eight, which we don't really, which we figure that's what it was, but we never. It's, they just it, mentioned right. Article Eight. So, they never uh, say what was in it exactly. So, you know, I find <laughs> now to print a little Star Wars. Is Article Eight like, or, or um, uh, was it Order Sixty Six, <laughs> or, <laughs> or, 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 you know, or William saying, "Hey, come join me. We'll rule the galaxy together." <laughs> the kind of thing. It doesn't. So here's the thing: is that they say this Article Eight that Sam Jackson started, right? And then it shows like a flashback to him talking to the captain, going like, "You know, like this is all of, you know, you're like all oh, this is our fault, you know, because because of what we did." But it never goes into detail of what this Article Eight means. No. Like, oh, yeah. were cops just, oh, just running the streets? You know, like was it Mad Max in here or what? Like, I, I mean, there's st- there's still judges and there's still the l- lawyers. There's I'm still like, due process. Yes, you know, I'm yeah. like, I, I, I never reference. It's just that Sam Jackson. He got the streets safe for the citizens of this town in USA that the, is never named Springfield. Is <laughs> never named. All, but they all have abandoned warehouses. <laughs> and so, a uh, William tells him there is. A single round in this revolver. Now, you can either shoot me and take down the killer. But if you do, and your father will die because he's been drained of almost all of his blood. And there's a target on the wall. And he goes, you can either shoot the target for your father. Or you can shoot me and get your man. What are you going to do? Chris Rock, be a good son, even though. In this entire movie, oh, they have not shown any chemistry as father and son whatsoever. Well, they had five minutes, five minutes together total on screen, but go on. <laughs> he shoots the target. His father is lowered to the ground. Off goes William for escape. But not before he calls the cops, right? And he fires off some rounds. And, oh, there's a wild man in this warehouse. Doesn't give him an address. <laughs> I'm on the corner of Bleakin and, you know, 53rd Street. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. (laughs) He says nothing about where they're located. He just shoots off rounds and says there's a madman with a gun, then hangs up. Somehow within 30 seconds, that place is swarming with SWAT. Well, maybe there's there's only one warehouse in the city. 
you know, or two. <laughs> but so I was like, that's almost as bad as the Chris Rock uh, driving into the parking structure thing. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. <laughs> but again, Chris Rock being uh, the cop that he is, who doesn't play by his own rules and always gets his man chases William into an elevator. They have a little <laughs> scuffle. Where all of a sudden a William press a button and it starts to raise up Sam Jackson on wires again. And then it's, you know, it starts to cut back to all the various, you know, like the jigsaw dolls that were on wires. I guess it's their form of symbolism for this movie. He's a puppet. He's a puppet. <laughs> and then you hear SWAT coming up the stairs and Chris Rock goes, I have to stop these officers because they're going to run in and start shooting. Because again, cop cliche number 89, these cops don't believe in due process and they will just start firing at random people who aren't aren't <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> so Chris Rock stops him and goes wait don't do it don't do it and then it shows oh, Sam Jackson and his arm is being oh, raised and he has a gun in his hand right it's being raised you know by wires mm-hmm. and SWAT literally yells drop the gun and then they start shooting that they was the dumbest a- thing ever they don't give them the option to drop the gun, because that right there is cop cliche number 90. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They unload on this dude like he, like there is an army of guys in front of him, and this is a firing squad. Yeah. Right. AMT. Seven magazines into Sam Jackson's character. Now. The whole time while Chris Rock is screaming, and still not emoting. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks at William, and William's kind of bloody, and he just smiles at him. And credits, that is Spiral of the Book of Saw. And no book. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And I want you guys to know, I only looked at the Wikipedia one time. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So, real, real bravo, quick, sir. We, bravo. So real quick before we like break into our like you know issues here and whatnot, um, I want to share a little text I sent to Tim. Oh Jesus, here we go. Uh, okay. <laughs> so okay, uh, after watching this movie, I said to him the fo- I said I wrote to him the following: Just finished Spiral. Yeah. So that was something. <laughs> I guess. Did I respond? I don't know if I responded. Wait, wait, wait. Very underwhelming question. Why is this called the Book of Saw? Clearly there was no book in this movie. Not even the Necronomicon makes an appearance. Yeah, why is this called the Book of Saw from the Book of Saw? Even a scrapbook. How about a scrapbook the killer cap, uh, uh, you know, setting up the traps? I don't know. It could could have been something, you know. I I know, but I, I would have been fine with it just being called Spiral. Yeah, but it's like it's called Spiral from the Book Book of Saw. So is this like a trying to call? It's it's a very religious theme, you know, from the Book of Saw. From you know, blah, you know. You know, Tim, excuses are excuses, but this is just this is a crap title. Ezekiel twenty five thirty five. You know, it's it's a it's a crap title. We there is one brief brief reference to John Kramer. You know, yeah. Show that for t- right. But you don't know how long it's been yes, since yeah. the events of Saw 7. Like, uh-huh. is, this, is this still 
like an active case where they're looking for acolytes or is this one of like those a like, oh, remember like 10, 15 years ago, you know, when John Kramer was kidnapping people and it turns out that he had like this cult and like like all these people were like all retconned in afterwards. Oh, do you remember that? Like, like yeah. you have no idea. Actually, you know, that wouldn't have been a bad idea as, as maybe having Samuel L. Jackson in, a, in the past scene saying, you know, have him working with other po- police precincts trying to bring down John Kramer, trying to bring yeah. these guys. It, exactly. Like that would have a connected – it more to the actual franchise than just a fleeting glimpse of a photograph of John Kramer right. and some hand drawn a red spirals on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like even Wait. the dolls, yeah. they aren't the same style as the old jigsaw killer. No. Yeah. And then as Chris said earlier in recording, even the voice isn't the classic. Oh, do you want to play a game? It's like this. Hi, do you want to play a game? oh man like i like i know that this is supposed to be set in the same world and at least the last one oh jigsaw it felt like a saw movie like you still had like all the classic tropes and this one all you have are the traps it was like a saw viral it was a saw it it was a saw movie in name only because it you know, because I bet, I bet if they try to sell a spiral without putting a saw on there, it's nobody there. But you know what, though, Th- this movie really should, because of it featuring Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, this movie really should have been called Black Exploitation Saw. <laughs> I, I, uh, I almost expected the Shaft music, like the play in the background. But uh, you know, um, here's the thing: Chris Rock is like. I think we agree, like all across the board here, that he is terrible in this movie. He's mm-hmm. awful. He's awful. But I mean, but the other thing, he's but, not the only one though. Everybody's yeah. bad, except for his young partner, is actually at points a little charming. Yeah. But every character is playing it so just like on the nose. Like all the cops in the precinct are all like, they're 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 stereotypes basically. Yeah. They all they, it's like they were handed a checklist of here's how your character is supposed to act. And it's act angry and grizzled and, and all tired. Hate Chris rock. Yeah. yeah. No script. Here are your sides. Okay. But, but <laughs> like, every, like, every single cop is the exact same. They're like, dude, the captain is useless. Oh, Chris rock is totally useless. Like they don't actually oh, solve Anything. any of these crimes. Yeah. They don't like, they're they're completely like they're the most. It's amazing that these characters are even cops. They don't solve anything. Right. And, they're kind of just like there. They don't. Uh, they they're uninvolving characters. The only reason that Chris Rock he finds out it's William is because he's captured. Yeah. Right. So right. it's pretty much he, like by accident. Right. <laughs> he doesn't solve the case and find the warehouse. He goes. To the church, church. Or to confront his ex partner and is knocked out and wakes yeah. up and, in the warehouse. And, and can we? Can I? Can I say one thing? Also, where is the media? Where is the reporting of all these deaths and stuff like that? So these are major things. Outside of the butcher shop, oh, you get that brief scene oh, where Jesus. a reporter goes, "Is this a serial killer?" And the captain goes, "Oh, no comment." And the the chief uh, of police, he'll be making a statement later. But where was yeah. another? But, but, which is but, another but, unforeseen cop. Cl- cliche that i missed 
but but here's the thing. But where where was this after the Fourth of July, where the guy got mur- got splattered by a freaking tr- uh, subway train? I'm like, that should have been front pages. That should you know, even if you have to go old school and do one of those spinning old school like newspaper things, like cop murdered in subway or blah blah or something, kid or person murdered like, in subway, like. Like in that defense, I'll give it to him that it was framed as it was a homeless man who was asleep on the tracks. Yeah, true. So that wouldn't have been a front page thing. And maybe like in this town that is obviously like oh, they make reference at the start of the movie that it is suffering a heat wave. And that's why everyone's so sweaty in this movie. Right. You know, well, however, the guy is hanging. You could have interviewed. I mean, I know I'm going way too deep on this, but the, the driver of the train, obviously the guy's suspended in the air and he crashes into him. You know, he's a driver. I'm like, I, I don't know. They could have had an well, interview the guy saying, oh, my God, the guy was just hanging from the, you know, the rafters. I'm like, homeless people don't hang from the rafters. <laughs> Chris, you mentioned the um, the heat wave thing. There was a moment in here where um, the uh, the chief of police, uh, the female chief, the police captain, uh, she was yelling at Chris Rock's character. And she and she mentioned like this silly little, you know, like exposition about how. You know, there's a lot going on. We have this heat wave and we've been having like power surges. Or rolling blackouts and all that crap, you know. And I kept sitting there thinking to myself, wait, is all this going to like actually fit into the story? No. Because I was like, nope, not at all. Although, (laughs) how funny would it be if a rolling blackout knocked out one of his traps? That would be fantastic. He's got no backup generator. (laughs) Or or that was was such a case of pointless exhibition that plays no part in the movie. Yeah. At all. And if it did, it, all. if it did, it would have been interesting. Like somehow the, the killer managed to like do the rolling blackouts and like shut off the security system. And that's how come they couldn't get the, and then you know, like the video, but no, they don't even do that. It's just nothing. Literally <laughs> the captain tells them after they find out, you know, that the first victim was a cop. I want every cop on this. It was one of our own there, <laughs> but oh, later dude, when Chris is racing into the precinct, there's cops fucking strolling around talking, shooting the shit. Like, is this a serious thing or is it not? Because it, it, it seems like a normal Monday to me. <laughs> like, oh, again, and and here's it. You know, like, what, okay, go on. A law enforcement in the Saw franchise as a whole has always kind of been inept as shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, it's a cliche again at this point, and not like in a joking way, but it's cliche that the FBI, all the local PD, they like, they all screwed the pooch yeah. throughout like all seven of the saw movies. Well, but this the- is almost a parody of that where it's like, they are so inept. Well, that- and not only, not only that, but the style of these saw movies is almost like the style of, um, a CSI crime show i mean you could like you could take several csi episodes edit them together and call and call it a saw movie it's the way how it's shot and edited and put together but here's the thing the, is and the cop cliches but the thing I is mean, with those csi shows it actually have cops that know how to do their job apparently they could they always catch the guy at the end yeah but and, and but <laughs> or yeah, person about the style but oh, yeah about the style of it right. like like this like you could have like Taken those shows and edited the title Spiral into it, and you know, yeah. you would but, not have known the complete difference. Here, here's the thing, yes. Here, here's the oh, thing they, they actually run fingerprints and they actually do, you know, you know, dental records. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But, 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 but 
Yeah. Yeah. But here's another thing I, that I thought, and I know it's, it's, it's all, every time that a package is delivered and there's a box, I'm like, I'm like, somebody say, what's in the box? I want to hear, I want to hear the seven reference, but no, <laughs> it never happened. I'm like, again. Oh, see. And that's another thing is like, I brought up the fact of the Chris rock for the first two packages. He uses gloves. Right. On the third, yeah. he doesn't. But then on the fourth, he uses gloves again. And, like, I know I'm being super fucking picky right now with that. But it doesn't make any sense why they would But for someone who has a degree, I have a degree in criminal justice. You don't (laughs) do that. (laughs) You, like, seriously. Like, so, like. I want to touch, I want to tamper with all the evidence. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I think from a fundamental level, I don't think that this was written as a Saw movie. No. It was slapped on. Like. I think it was oh, something else that they went and did a rewrite on and brought it into the world of Saw. And yeah. like I did a little bit of research and the uh, directors of Jigsaw at first were like all attached to a developed spiral, mm-hmm. but it was but it wasn't going to be uh, what it is. It was going to be a Saw 9. And when the studio was like, we want to kind of do something different. Oh, they moved away. Chris Rock showed interest. He did the rewrite and they brought in. And and this is what is kind of disappointing is the a director of this one. Is Darren Lynn. Yeah, mm-hmm. Darren Lynn Bozeman. Yeah. yeah, he did saw two, three and four, right. which I yeah. think of the sequels are like the strongest ones, especially three. Yeah, okay. So I was like, I was like, oh shit, he's coming back after all this time. Mm-hmm. Cool. And the traps are designed very well. Like, oh, you could tell that he's using all of his old saw experience in like how he shoots all the traps. Yeah. But everything else feels so generic. Like his style of the earlier saw sequels is not in this movie like at all. But I gotta be honest, his style of the early Saw movies was was kind of like, I guess you can say on the mark. But at the same time, like they, it was just so like even just as cliched, you know, in terms of oh, the yeah. shoot, in terms of the shooting and the editing and the style of it. I mean, yeah, I, like, I mean, I mean, this one feels like he was directing this as a board observer, even with all the style. Yeah, because like even even of the later Saw sequels and Jigsaw which I believe he's an exec producer on, but I mean, everyone knows an exec producer is basically, oh, just there for a paycheck. Yeah. Like they all had the same style from what he carried on off of saw one. So they all felt like they were all, I mean, at least on one through seven, it is one long story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It retcons literally everything ought to make it all work, but it, it but it all feels like the same franchise. Yeah, whereas whereas uh, Jigsaw is kind of like um, a spinoff. A, a, well, it kind of seems like it kind of pretends that all the other sequels never happened. In, yeah. in one in one sense, and and, yeah. and, to be, and to be fair, that's probably the reason why I enjoyed Jigsaw more than any of the other sequels is because yeah. I was like. I'm, I was getting really tired of the retconning. I was getting really tired of, of, of trying to, like, connect the dots even more. Aside of a few references, oh, yeah. Jigsaw's almost kind of standalone in that regard. Yeah. 
hard. Right. But it right. still fits. Like if you're into the franchise, you're like, okay, I I remember this. I you know or that. Yeah. Oh, but with Spiral, you literally get, as I said, a, like the one shot of Tobin Bell's character in a photograph. Yeah, that's, and it's that's not the, it. It doesn't that, feel like a Saw movie. No, like, it's, it's, well, it's, it's not. If it was a Saw movie, you'd be like, is this a Saw movie? Other than well, the title. But and I mean, that's, and that's the thing, though, because it's like I think the reason why they just showed his picture and then kind of left it at that was that they probably thought, well, this movie's going to appeal to the Saw fans, which is fine. But you know, in terms of the characters that you have in this movie, it did need a little bit of that reminder backstory to them. So that way, because, you know, I think there was like one point where one person was like, like kind of confused as to like, well, why are we looking at a picture of this guy? And it's like, uh, be- and I'm thinking to myself, uh, because it's the guy that started this thing. Yeah. And movie. like, <laughs> yeah, like, you like, know, oh, the top character Fitch goes like, oh, he even says, you know, I'm paraphrasing. He goes, is this another acolyte? of jigsaw yeah <laughs> so it's obviously in the same world but again oh, yeah yeah it doesn't feel like it feels like and i i don't mean this as a derogatory thing but it almost feels like a sci-fi channel straight to video sequel no that, ma- no, that makes no, sense I, I i think you're uh, i think you're pretty accurate on that one it does feel like it's heading in that direction so um no. But if it weren't for Chris Rock and Sam Jackson, because I mean, oh, Chris Rock, his acting in this movie is terrible, but he's still he's he's a Hollywood name. It's a viable Jackson, name. Yeah, yeah, and Sam Jackson is fucking Sam Jackson. So but to you have know them in this movie, like I, I remember oh, when this was announced, and I was like, really, Chris Rock and Sam Jackson? Oh, that could be actually. I, I was actually, excited. Like I was excited. Yeah, you like it. I was excited for it, and then. I believe it was opening weekend and one of my friends saw it and he knows that I'm a big saw guy. So he texts me. He's like, dude, this is the worst movie I've seen in years. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) he's also not a big horror guy. So I was like, you know what? Like I'll make up my own mind. And I missed it during the theater. Cause it would kick cause it came out in 2021. And that like, even though we're still in COVID, Oh, that was still in like the height of COVID. I'm like, I'm not going theater for a fucking saw movie. Right. Yeah. no, like I'll wait. And I remember I bought it on day one on Blu-ray. Tim, I think I texted you and Mark. Yeah. I was like, hey guys, dude, I got it. Like it's in the voodoo. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it. I was like, I'm really glad I did not <laughs> spend the twelve dollars to go see it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I have that OCD thing. I'm glad I own it as a part yes. of like I get it. Yeah. On my shelf, but I'm like, if it weren't for this podcast, I was not gonna watch this movie. So like I was like I was like I saw it once and I'm good. Like even if I do, like hey, I'll watch all the Saw movies again. Right. So I you, might have skipped this one. So you you <laughs> you, you bought that in the I want to say the summer right of um of last year yeah. of last yeah. year. So I waited till Black Friday to get it and I I, and I had to get it just, just I like you. Remember that dude? You texted us. Just, like, dude, when I picked it up, dude, for like eight bucks or whatever. And yeah. I was like, I think you overpaid. Right, but but just <laughs> just because, like you, like you, I wanted to have it in my collection because I have the other movies because I yeah. I'm a complete. It's like I have to have it because it's just there's something about my personality. I'm like I know it's probably gonna suck. I probably watch it once or twice, but it's got to be in my shelf. It's got to be next to the other stuff. Same. Well, unlike you guys, I paid. To rent it on Amazon Prime. So. Well, you didn't need to do that, dude. Why did you do that? I told you, you have my Voodoo account. Why did you do that? 
You could have saved yourself three bucks. <laughs> oh, well, but you spent eight, so I but, don't feel so bad. <laughs> but you could have watched it for free, which is all it's worth. But anyway. Well, I'm sure that's – but still, but, I, but, I, I was dedicated to pay like a but, – like a, you know – like like the nice guy that I am. <laughs> but so so here, here's the thing. Normally Black Friday is my day, my my jam. I go out, I buy all the Blu-ray, the cheap Blu-rays and of TV shows and my the movies that I I want to own, but I'm not going to spend you know twenty five dollars on you know thirty dollars whatever. But this Black Friday was all. The last Black Friday was awful because COVID hit and they had you know distribution shit and stuff. So the only movies I picked up that day were Spiral and Snake Eyes. <laughs> I still watch Snake Eyes. Um, <laughs> as a GI Joe and martial arts fan, you're it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard it was it was mediocre. It was okay. It was it was it wasn't so as bad as the first the best two. Part is Andrew Andrew Koji as Storm Shadow? He's from Warrior. You know, he's the yes. main guy on Warrior. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's oh the best part of Snake Eyes. Okay, but he's not given enough to do. Yeah. Do you think there'll be a sequel to that? Real quick. Oh, it bombed. <laughs> well, you know, and okay, and also getting back to what we were, talk- we were talking about earlier, I-, I forget if it's because now it's getting late and I've already had a couple of scotches. I forget exactly. We-, we, were- we were talking about Resident Evil. Now, we can all agree that Millie Olovich or whatever it is, and, and uh, the-, the-, the what's the gentleman's name, the director um, of the um, original. Resident Evil oh, films. Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, Paul W.S. Anderson. We can all pretty much agree, for the most part, for a lar- large majority of movies or the franchise, it's stuck. It stinks. However, I really thoroughly, and I, and I texted you this, um, uh, Brett, I thoroughly enjoyed the last Resident Evil movie, and I'm really hoping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, like I kept my fingers crossed for Warrior, that there will be a sequel. And I... I so I, I don't understand the hate on the reboot at I, all. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I if, thought it was fun. If they, if they had given it more in terms of marketing and yeah. the money spent on it, I think it would have been way more successful. It does feel kind of cheap at parts, but it's literally – it's what fans have wanted. It is the mansion and the police station in one movie. Right. It's like – I had fun with it. I and the, like, and the acting I for really what enjoyed it. And the acting for what it's worth was, was was very good. I mean, I mean, I would say it's very good. I mean, it was very decent. I'm like, I mean, it's compared solid to solid for the genre and knowing it's a Resident Evil movie. Yeah, you're like, not you're not expecting like uh, all Academy these people will forget that the first game started with that B movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. And that's what I that's mm-hmm. and that's what I fell in love with them them, them uh, running across the uh, coming down the chopper and running across the field into the mansion I'm like all that shit was there well, most of it was there I'm like you yeah. got that I mean I don't know I, I don't want to so you know. I've been seeing rumors online that they're planning another Saw movie because this one oh. I mean see, here's the thing it is these movies are made so cheap that they yeah. always. They always turn a profit. I'm like, yeah, that's true. And I like, that. it's like porn. For, it's porn. <laughs> and for like all your <laughs> listeners who have stuck with the show this long, <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, like any movie produced by Roger Corman, which by the way, he's like the progenitor of that concept. And of course, Hollywood now has decided to embrace it, despite the fact that they've, you know, made him look like a pariah about it. <laughs> you know, but it's so. like, you know, it's like, 
I remember way back when, oh, when I came on, right, we did, you know, like the first three Saw movies, and I was like, hey, I defend this series. Like, it is not good, but I still enjoy it. What? Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm that guy where I have a Saw 1 through 7 and okay. Jigsaw and Spiral. I have a Funko Pop of Jigsaw. Like, I'm all in on this franchise, right? I even yeah. fucking, dude, I sat through this one again. <laughs> I don't want a Saw 10. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I don't. It's, I don't. Like, it has run its course. We've done everything that we can with it. Jigsaw in space. I, <laughs> I don't want to see a Chris Rock in in another Saw movie because it's left with, like, he's still alive and William's still alive. I have no interest no. in seeing these characters None. in another one. And if they do another one of these, like, it is a Saw movie, but it's not a Saw movie, like, either they really need to actually have a Saw script and not something that they slap the Saw label on, Mm -hmm. or it's going to be even worse than this one. And this, shockingly, I know I've kind of trashed this movie for the last, you know, like, hour and a half. I still don't think it is the worst of the franchise. No. Well, you it's know, the for sure. Yeah. I, okay. But so, so, I still so, think that saw six and saw seven are worse than this. So, but you I, know okay. what though? I have to say, this is such a perfect example of what I talk about when I say that sequels are very hard to do. And it, because the first saw is great. It's still, oh, is yeah. good, oh, yeah. it still is an excellent little movie. And you know, it started a career of uh, James Wan, I believe. So, it, and so it, it was definitely a, um, you know, it was and a Lee One L, right? Yes, yes, yes. So it was a perfect stepping stone for them. The the sad part about it is that it's also an example of why the first movie is so great and the sequels are not so great. Is okay. Because they try to stretch everything out from what made the first movie the first movie. So and that's what. Yeah. So go, go, going off that and going what you just said, okay, uh, real quickly, I want to get your guys' opinion or your thoughts on what are your ranking, like, 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, 1 being the best. Like, for me, uh, of the of the series franchise, for me, I would go Saw 1 through, let's say, 3. Okay, I, I like those the best. Then I'll go with Jigsaw. And then everything then everything else is a kind of a fucking blur. What, Barris, so what is I, your uh, a take? Hold on. I'll actually pull up my letterbox. Because I actually, because <laughs> um, basically, on Letterbox, I'm I'm oh that guy that ranks every fucking franchise for some reason. I I've ranked a few. Um, of them. I don't know if you saw them, but yeah, I don't. I'm not nearly as uh, as a professional I'm, you are. I'm a Buzzfeed fucking list on Letterbox. <laughs> okay, so so my order is Saw. Okay. T- uh, two. Okay. Three five. Okay. Oh, then four. Oh, then Jigsaw. And then Spiral. And then number seven. And then number six. I, I still think that six is the worst of the bunch because that's the one with uh, oh, the insurance people. Oh, yeah. In yeah. the theme oh, park. Yeah. And I just yeah. hated every character in that one. I was like, these are, no, this is. They, they all terrible. deserve to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it did have the acid death, which was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, actually, that, that's that's a pretty uh, solid list. I mean, for me, I didn't I didn't give it that much of in depth. I just was yeah. off the cuff. I'm like one through three. I mean, I loved one. Two was okay. Three was fine. 
And then I'm, then the rest were kind of like a fucking blur because there's so much red time here. I don't know. They kind of blend together. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know. See, uh, it's that thing where, like, if you watch them and actually, like, I'll pay attention. And I believe I said this in a previous episode is that yeah. three, four, and five overlap with each other. Right. Yeah. That's in that's terms where of timeline. Well, and so where the like, deaths, and that's you could you could edit three, four, and five together as one right. movie, and and, 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 and it would still not make any sense. Right, well, well, I, I, honestly, and that's where that's where I get confused with the deaths because they're all. I mean, while they're creative in their own respect, and if I go back and watch them individually, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. But right now, they're it's all the same. I mean, it's just to me, there's nothing Even for someone like me who's like, I mean. Oh, you guys have made the joke that I'm like the lore keeper of the Saw franchise. Right. I I have trouble keeping track now because I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, don't go back no and watch them. Just listen to the episodes. So there's it's no fine. hope for us, basically. <laughs> you like, earlier. <laughs> like, like, oh, for me, Saw was that franchise where it's like, oh, it's Halloween time. You're like, I'm going to watch the Saw movies. But. Last year, instead of doing that, I just watched like all of Stephen King's adaptations. And the year before, I had gotten um, oh, the Friday the 13th set. Okay. So it's been like, I think since the last time I was on the show oh, that I watched all these movies. Okay. And so even for me, I'm like, okay, three. Okay, so I got three, but four, five, and six is where I'm like, I'm starting to struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Jigsaw, I think I've only seen once. I- I, yeah, so I can't remember a thing about that one except that it it has um a supergirl from Smallville in it and that's mm-hmm. it. Like I like I don't remember anything about that movie. I except remember it, it was it's it on a, a farm. Yeah, I would say it's a barn. It's a barn. That's all I remember. Yeah. yeah. That barn and there is oh that rice silo thing I think at one point. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think. No, you're yeah. correct. You are correct. Yes. Yeah, so I'm like even for me I'm like I Guys, I don't know which fucking movie we're on. <laughs> well, you know, um, I wanted to say real, uh, just two uh, two additional things about Spiral. Two things that I think kind of stick out, but are a bit of an issue that I have with this with this movie. <laughs> One is, again, we talk about um, Chris Rock's casting in this movie, and then presence, or I should say, lack thereof of Samuel L. Jackson. I thought it was a big missed opportunity. I thought I thought Sam Jackson should have like been the main character in this movie. He should. I think he would have given it more conviction had they like rewritten the script and Taylor made it to him, because mm-hmm. you know, like I said, Chris Rock is just low energy one hundred and one in this thing. And, and, and come on, can you tell me that how would how would you feel having Sam Jackson wanting to get rid of all these motherfucking saws out of this motherfucking city? Come on. Well, yeah, but I, <laughs> but. I, I think it would have been great. They like changed it. Like they, they kept, I would have been fine with the cliched cop a- aspect of it, but maybe like they changed it to him being like a retired police officer. He was never. never if it was he, Sam Jackson who had been on the job for 20 years, like at no point do I buy that Chris Rock is this veteran cop. Yeah, been on the I don't. Street. If anything, I would have taken it as Chris Rock playing the minor, ki- the minor son character that's starting out in the force, and then Sam well, Jackson I mean, retired. Well, you know. well, here's the thing: Chris Rock is what in real life? What's his age? Like what? 50? He's got to be in his fifties. Yeah, yeah, he's in his fifties. So, yeah. So I mean, I, I he looks relatively young. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He does. He looks. He looks like he's more like in his late thirties, early forties. Maybe 45, 48. Well, that's like goatee isn't really helping him that much, but, yeah. uh, you yeah. know. But, yeah, he, but he, but he doesn't, but what I'm saying, he doesn't look like an old man. 
You no, know, he doesn't. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he looks honestly. I mean, there, there, there's an old saying: "Black don't crack." <laughs> but the thing is, it's <laughs> true. But, but look, 1998, when we were, we were talking about the Lethal Weapon, when he was Lieutenant Butters in the Lethal Weapon series, I mean, he, his, he hasn't aged. I mean, he's got a few gray hairs, but I mean, it's not like he's put on a ton of weight or he's got a ton of wrinkles or whatever it is. He looks relatively young. So to speak, he's like Paul Rudd for fuck's sakes. I'm like, I'm yeah. like, I, like, I just want to know. I, I mean, like, I I brought this up prior to recording. He's done a dramatic stuff before. Oh, yeah. He's decent. He's decent. And where was that in this? I, I like, think I think it was the director and and then the script. I'm like. Well, I, I, but, but, I, but I, I he also, helped write the script. Yeah, though, you I know also, that's I, that's no excuse. <laughs> I also feel part of it does fall on Chris Rock's, um, you know, enthusiasm or lack of enthusiasm. Something I don't know. Maybe something happened where it was maybe more than what ended up on screen, and rather than just go with it, Rock decided to just sleepwalk his way through the entire thing. I mean, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't. None of us will know unless someone says something about it. But. The other thing that Spiral does, which fails miserably at, that I don't think anybody has quite caught on yet, is that it tries to do what part, um, which one was it involving the insurance people? Is that part six, six or part seven? Six. Six, six. Yeah. yeah, it tries to do what part six does, and that's try to inject a sense of um, social issues into this thing. In this case, um, this was made, I believe, during... 2019 and i can only assume that perhaps the the death of george floyd that was, was no that was inspiration and that wasn't 2019 that was more like 2020 that wasn't okay. me. well or it, it was it was during around the covid era it was during the, around the COVID. Yeah. case so let's say during around the covid era okay and the whole you know black lives matter thing and whatnot and and antifa so i feel like this movie was kind of an answer to that you know but at the same time i don't think social significance and saw go together. It's almost like, you know, um, uh, bleach and ammonia. It doesn't really match, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's like the filmmakers are trying to George Romero wrote, which I like George Romero's movies because he does inject a little, he did inject a little bit of social commentary into them, but you know, he did, he always made sure that the, the main focus should be that the movie should work, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and if none of it works, then why put the social commentary into, it, you know, so you got like cliched cops corruption in this thing going on. And it's like, I, you know, I, I didn't really care for it. It really didn't even work. I mean, I, I just felt like that's what the filmmakers were trying to do. And it just feels miserably at it, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, don't know. It, I mean, I, I mean, I made the jokes as I was doing the recap, but there's, it's it, it just, it just hit all those cop cliches. Yeah. Like, but, and, and, you know, honestly, really getting back, we really need to start wrapping this up a little bit. But the, the SWAT team that busts down the door, they see Samuel Jackson obviously hanging in uh, suspended. He's got a shotgun. A shotgun carries, what, maybe four rounds? These guys, there's a, a, a SWAT of like 25 of these guys, and they just unload on him like 200 rounds or more. Oh, I'm literally, like, literally, at, like, there is, as I said in the recap, even if he would have got a shot off, it would have been gone over their heads anyway. They um, shot at him like like 
some B zombie movie. You know, keep, like, well, keep unleashing those rounds at him. I'm like, well, they literally scream at him oh, to drop the weapon. <laughs> you know he can't. A chance to drop the weapon. They just start unloading. But you think they would even notice that these wires are holding him up? Like, uh, something that right about this. Why is he hovering in the air? And why is he? And why is that one wire making his arm go up with a shotgun in it? Clearly, something is wrong here. I mean, oh, by I, the way, by the way, um, do you remember that puppet, the pig puppet with the yes, the, the pig with the that's wearing the 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 police uniform, police uniform with the gun holding out? Yeah. Well. Obviously, that's supposed to be a um, um, a subtle message about uh, Sam Jackson's character. Once again, social significance uh, <laughs> in this uh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was just from as tough- I said, you know, like as I said, this was this was a painful rewatch because I'm just like, what? I, like, I'm not enjoying this. One, <laughs> two. It's more fact that. The potential for it could have been it, – it, it, it had potential to do something a little different, and I think yeah. that's what they were – with or with the title, for example, was – oh, it's a Saw movie, but it's, but it's a little different. And then as you watch it, it's just the same old Saw stuff that we've been seeing for nine fucking movies at this yeah. point. I, I, right. Net cops – yeah. traps and blood and gore right well it can't it can deviate from the formula and well, that's it, the problem it, when the formula gets locked in and again and here's the, the formula thing. goes all the way back to the first movie so and, it's like what, what was you know it, but what, what was the movie was it was it i'm sorry was it part five or part six where none of the traps worked like all, no matter what the, the, the victim was going to die he didn't at least in the original traps the, uh, the, that the, was uh, was that three actually three, three. okay that so, was... so three so it reminded me a lot of three in the fact that no matter what it what these with these victims they were not going to live at all because yeah. that wasn't right and it felt like that felt felt no, no pun intended a cop out on their on their point because it's like these guys are not going to live they're not going to learn a lesson it's just revenge so whatever yeah so. like at no point like at, like at least in a couple of the previous saw movies you know you're like oh. And this victim, oh, they they have a shot at getting out of this trap. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that from these ones. No, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. Like, oh, Sam Jackson, he was stuck in his. It was up to his kid to decide. Like, that's not a trap mm-hmm. that is a traditional saw trap. Yeah. But again, I think, I mean, I think at this point, like, we're just being super nitpicky because... God, this fucking movie was painful to watch. And no, nothing, <laughs> no, nothing, absolutely well, nothing worked. We are being, I will agree, we are being nitpicky about it, but the reason why we're being nitpicky about it is because, you know, as as viewers, we do, we do expect to see something a little different and a little familiar, but once when, you know, the formula gets to be the same thing over and over and over again, I mean, I, I'll give the sequels a little bit of credit. For all the pathetic retconning and, like, trying to connect <laughs> the dots and everything at least the energy for some of them is there this oh one, yeah this one just felt like okay I, I like i can imagine the writer sitting there going all right uh we need to do another saw movie uh what should we do um uh, well we don't really have any other way to spin it so let's just go back to what we've been doing from the previous films you know we won't we won't go through the trouble of like, you know, maybe trying to connect the dots to the other previous movies, but we will make it a saw film. 
and 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 of course check off the list okay okay um how uh make sure the killer has the uh, the uh the elaborate tra- traps check um okay uh there's a uh grizzled cop trying to figure out who the killer is check uh he's got yeah. a he's got a partner that's working with him that uh, looks up to him and you know and is like the young buck okay check um we have a scene where uh, the uh, police chief is upset because of the uh, cop who plays by his own rules. Check. You know, it's, <laughs> it, again, it's all the cliches, but it's all the formula that goes with it. And when the mm-hmm. formula is part of it and you can't deviate from the formula, then it becomes it becomes the same thing over well, and over and over again. It's like any, you know, we love them, but it's like any slasher movie. You know, it's well, like, it's, okay, it's, if you it's deviate more, from the formula, it's, you're either going to piss off audience expectations or it's people are going to think you're trying to do something different and more elaborate, you know. I mean, and it's hard. It's hard because you're not sure, because the audience is very difficult to understand. On the one hand, they want the same product. But they the want something hand, different. Like, yeah, but on the other hand, like us, we're looking for something else. You know, it's, it's well. <laughs> here's the thing. I, this is what uh, over the course of this podcast, and I want to say the last ten or twelve years that we've been kind of doing this, I've noticed one thing: horror fans and Star Wars fans are extremely t- toxic. They don't know <laughs> what the f- they want. Something new. They want something different, but they don't, heaven forbid you go too far or don't do something because that's not canon. That doesn't work. And heaven forbid you're ruining my fucking childhood and all this crap. I'm like, it's bullshit. You can't, well, you can't, you can't have everything your way because it's never going to fucking work. And, right. well, and it's wash, rinse, like, repeat. I'm like, I, I don't, it, whatever. It's, it's, it's fan loyalty and it's also trying to keep, keep in check the same expectations. This is, this won't mean much to anybody here, but this is familiar to me. Because I'm a big movie fan, um, there was this family of filmmakers in India called the Ramsey family, and they made horror movies in India from like the 70s up until the 90s. And then they had like a little bit of a comeback in like the early 2000s. But the thing was, is that when they started out in the 70s, they had a big hit. And then they were they were still kind of like trying to figure out what their formula was. And then when they had their big hit in the 80s. They just kept repeating the same formula over and over and over and over again, even though they put some care into it. But as time goes on, the audience changes and they are like, "Okay, we want something different. So it's kind of the same problem here with the sauce again with, with the sauce franchise. It's like the audience that loves these movies. They want it to stay similar. But at the same time, they they're looking for something a little off the beaten path. And it's hard to do. It's hard to break away from the formula. And uh, like I thought with this one, at least that we would get something that was familiar, but also kind of new. Like, yeah, I mean, we've kind of laughed at the title, but. But uh, the fact that it isn't called Saw, yeah, it's called Spiral. I wasn't expecting there to be something a little different, mm-hmm. a little different, but also it also it it is familiar because it is in the Saw franchise, mm-hmm. right? And I and and to me, it's just like they they had this script, like I said, and they slapped the you know the Saw name on there to keep it in the franchise, but it it's not actually it wasn't a written as a as a soft film, right. like 
like at least the other ones, they they all feel like a Saw movie. Right. This feels like a torture porn movie that they slap oh the Saw license on. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. they want to keep it in a Saw universe without doing anything you work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. So guys uh, we are now circling the drain. All right, so I'm. I know I have a. I have a very, very good feeling what we're gonna give this film for thumbs up, thumbs down. Barreras, thumbs up, thumbs down for Spiral Saw. So if you're a diehard Saw fan, I would give it a watch, but this is a thumbs down from me. All right, Koenig, what do you have to say? You know, after all everything we talked about, I actually thought this movie was just incredibly fantastic and i have nothing i am sorry this movie was just complete and utter dog shit thumbs down okay. I, I can't I, well i can't even lie uh, that that sullies the name of dog shit everywhere no yeah. i i still uh, give it a thumbs down as well this is actually uh my second time viewing it and I thought maybe I was too harsh on it going on the first time. I, so you I, know what's I, funny is I thought that too because like, <laughs> Tim's going to find some good virtues on this one. We know it. <laughs> we can see it coming. <laughs> uh, before I watched the movie, I went through all my litter box ranking. I was like, "Oh, was it that bad?" Like, I like I don't remember it being. I'm sorry. Did oh, you say? Did, did you say letter box or litter box? <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, I don't remember it being oh that bad. Yes, and, like, and, and it was you... oh, forgettable though. I couldn't oh, remember anything on it, and I was like, that's not a good sign. And then I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, actually, you know what? I was spot on. Yes, ex exactly. And you know what this from? You know what this is? I equate this to White Castles. <laughs> It's a burger joint. It, and, it, your, and your future wife stared at you and was just like, yeah, honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a, year uh, from, a, a year from now, you're going to pop on Saw 6, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, this movie, man. Uh, all right, so. It just blows, doesn't it? <laughs> all right, so guys, with, with that, that does it for this month. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did recording the show. <laughs> uh, at the time, at this time, I'd like to thank our special guest Chris Burris for being a good sport and joining again. Thank you, sir. Dude, it, you know what? I mean, I, I mean, I know I thrashed the movie. I did have an just just a total blast tonight with you guys. You know, like this was a lot of fun. So thanks for having me again. Uh, so you'll well, be back when when uh, Saw Ten <laughs> comes out, right? No, no, no. We'll, we'll have we'll have a much better episode. We promise. <laughs> See, you say that, but you've hinted that we're going to do like all the Resident Evil movies next. And <laughs> you, you know, Barreras, you talk to Koenig. You talk to Koenig because I'm trying. There's only so much a person can do. You know what? I will come back for the Resident Evil movies if Mark suffers along with me for those motherfuckers. Okay? Yeah, you know, when oh, Mark's Jesus. supposed to join us, uh, he managed to jump, he managed to bail pretty, yeah. uh, pretty conveniently, he, didn't he? He, he fucking jumped ship on this one, a first chance he got because he had plans or whatever with Kara. And I'm like, fucking convenient, bro. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, that birthday party was scheduled the week before. That, 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 that guy can do it this week. Oh yeah, I wonder how that happened. I mean, especially when I kept asking Tim. So did Mark say he's good for this? Oh, he yeah. did. He did. I swear to God, I have the text message change, and Chris Chris Burris was a part of it until was it uh, was it Thursday? I think right, Chris. 
on yeah. Thursday is when he's like, actually, guys, I can't make it. I, I forgot to party. tell you. Yeah. And I texted him privately and I was like, you're a fuck. <laughs> Did he say anything back or was he just he like. He just that? goes, he goes, sorry. I was like, you're, oh, Okay. I see how playing this. Yeah. Okay. Dude, see, he did the smart thing. He didn't procrastinate like we did. He actually watched it ahead in advance. And then oh, like, please. Yeah. You know what? It's it's on it's on their voodoo. They share a voodoo account together. It's on their voodoo account. It's on my voodoo account. There is no no uh, uh, excuse. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't care. It's fine. I'll have to think of a very, very good punishment for uh, Mr. L, Mark L. Risman for, uh, you know, ditching us at the last moment. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so anyway, uh, so thank you, uh, Mr. Burroughs, for joining us. Also, please tune in next month when we'll be doing another fun episode called that deadly games episode ready or not it's time to hunt so follow along with us and tell us your thoughts on these two films and drop us a line at either that horse show podcast at gmail.com or tweet us at thsp at that horse show one or drop us a private message through our facebook page so be a, so be a part of the freak show family and join us so for chris barreras and chris kenny i'm tim Kaza. talk to y'all next month have a good night everyone we appreciate y'all you yell barracuda Everybody says, huh? What? You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Thank you for listening to That Horse Show Podcast. Season 8. Have a good night.